Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. I'm excited because with me, I have someone who is close to me and has been on the show before. He is the owner and CEO of HC Universal Network, LLC. He has well over 35 years of experience combined in live audio and video engineering, audio record operations, graphics, video mixing and switching, editing, web streaming, streaming, and much more. I'm super excited because he's also the host of two, yes, two radio and podcast shows, Dudes and Beer and Toxic Talking Sound Podcast. He's got, like I said, well over 35 years experience in media and entertainment. What's exciting to me is something new that I learned about him, and he's going to share a lot about that with us today. He's a composer and musician, a recording artist who has these incorporating styles that range from traditional electronica and ambient to experimental and even brainwave synthesis. I'm really excited to talk to him today about this because he incorporates these into his music. He is known as No Disassemble and has been compared to, and you may know this, um, electronic artists such as Kraftwerk. I'm really excited about this because he uses a lot of his um, mixes with media visualization into his music. He's originally from Houston and he like I said before, he's a musician and audio engineer, but he began his journey of composing and recording electronic music back in the late 90s and was a monthly reoccurring guest for over five years on 90.1 KPFT's Sunday at Avant Guard Music Program. So I'm really excited to talk to him more about this as well, but he has recorded numerous albums varying from standard electronic music to incorporating the frequencies of planets and binaural beats, which I really want to talk more about this because, oh man, you're going to hear it from me about some things in this arena. If I got to share with you, but he's also been experienced in experimenting in the studio with making music, utilizing real-time brainwaves to drive his synthesizers and producing mixed media visualizations into the music. So with me today, he's been on the show before, but we're going to talk more about his compositions and even more. With me is Christopher Jordan. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing today, Rebecca? I am really excited because Same. we didn't talk about your music last time. We talked about so much, but this is just an honor to hear about what you've been composing and what you're bringing into the table on a completely different level. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. Uh, over the last year or so, I've really... I guess through my travel come across people that have been listening to this music and it's kind of been a dirty secret of mine for years that I, I, that I make music to begin with. Like there are people that have known me for years and been like, wow, you make music. Like I had no idea. Um, yeah. 
and then and then they start listening to it and then they find out that like even my dad recently found out I was making music with my brain waves and he was like oh man you got to you got to send that to my buddy uh, he used to listen to your show on the radio all the time like you make some weird stuff son uh, <laughs> but you've so, been publishing music through HC Universal and yeah through podcast as well. Um, and you've yep. been utilizing this method also to compose music for use by podcasters in addition to that, yeah. right? Yeah, um, quite a bit of my music, uh, I've, I guess, licensed out in that way. Um, I've, through just being owner of the HC Universal Network, come across many people that are looking to build shows, that kind of stuff. And they're like, I have no idea where to go for music. And I'm like, well, what, what is your show intended to be about? What is your show going to be about? Um, do you want like mysterious, mischievous music, industrial style music? What, what do you want? So yeah. Um, through no disassemble, I've had like a good four or five hours of material recorded over the last many years. And, uh, it just became one of those that I started kind of farming that out to people, uh, not only on the network who came in and we built shows for, but for other people as well. So well, it's, it's been let great. Me, let me go back into my knowledge of where this kind of started for me mm -hmm. in knowing that this even existed. So way back when this goes back to my childhood in the eighties, because I can remember going to somewhere and I don't remember specifically where it was. And this kind of sounds somewhat, I don't know, kind of, we were somewhere like a car wash or something like that. And there was sort of this machine and for whatever it was, you could and I don't remember what the specifics were, but you could get something printed, some kind of a biofeedback. Hmm. And it did brainwaves and it did some something. Yep. And so I knew there was a start of that. And eventually you, it ended up going into, there was music attached or something over time. There was development in this arena. And so this isn't something that is new. This goes back. No. Uh, there is scientific data that goes back to this from a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yes. Yeah. If you go through and start looking at research, it really um, a lot of it starts with the Monroe Institute, things like that back in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, that kind of stuff where they started coming up with like the, the hemi-sync uh, entrainment process where through, through basically exposing your brain to certain brainwave types over a period of time, your brain would more readily pick up those brainwave types and carry those brainwave types as a carrier signal. So basically the concept was uh, if we let's say in a children's ward put in deep theta waves underneath music you would never hear it uh deep theta is somewhere in the low hertz range so it may sound like a couple of clicks per second 
that you might hear something like that okay um, but it would be buried under the music now you wouldn't hear that but your brain would be able to entrain on that which means that your brain hears it your subconscious mind hears that pattern to begin with and recognizes it and it's fascinating the yeah it really follows this if, if you've ever walked down a hallway with a friend started on an opposite foot and then ended up walking in sync and then you fall out of sync your brain does the same thing to frequencies around it all the time so quite literally to be able to kind of hijack the brain in that way and understand that it is both a receiver and transmitter in that form and that when you expose it to these waves it will more readily create these waves so the more you listen to alpha waves that have to do with the waking mind creativity things like that the more readily your brain will produce those waves uh whether it be being in that circumstance of needing creativity randomly you know or or whether it's just to be more creative regularly on a on a regular basis you know so yeah i've uh i've been using this process for a long time personally like easily 20 years uh using brainwave entrainment brainwave devices uh, I, I was fortunate enough years ago, um, the sharper image had a, had a device that was a oh, pair yes. of goggles that you put on and it had different patterns that you could go through. There was a tape series that went with it where like there was one pattern that would help you quit smoking and you listened to the tape while you played the pattern, that okay. kind of stuff. Um, really interesting. And it was, it was like a five, $600 device that you could buy at sharper image. I picked one up for like a hundred dollars at a pawn shop in Houston and it just fell in love, got to the point where, yeah, I would easily once a day use the 15 minute nap mode, um, which over 15 minutes put you through the course of a regular night's sleep brainwave wise like dipped you down into REM sleep and then back up and out. So you got the equivalent of like three, four hours power nap in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Interesting. Pretty, pretty wild things like that. And, and there's been a lot of research done in burn wards, stuff like that, where they've actually used healing frequencies underneath music and shown 20% increase in in healing that kind of stuff so yeah like you said there is there is nothing new about this technology nothing at all um these processes have been known for over the last 30 years um the only difference is now we have technologies that fit in our phones i mean my True. example is right here this is this is my brainwave headset right here it's a muse okay tube. You can get them for about $199. Okay. Uh, it's got five little electrodes on the inside that sit on your on your forehead like that. Okay. Super easy. Um, and that picks up my alpha, beta, delta, gamma. It, it picks up all five major brainwave patterns and sorts them out. So I got into this. Uh, well, because I'm a migraine sufferer, 
And it got to the point that within a month of being on the road for three different companies, I had had three debilitating migraines that kept me from a day of work with each company. And I was like, well, that's too often, too frequent, and way too much money to be missing out on. So, yeah, I went, and uh, it was either the fact of I, I could go do sleep studies over and over again to find out why I'm having anxiety attacks in my sleep, or I could wear that as I go to sleep and actively record my brain waves on my tablet. So, yeah, I have software so you... that'll let me record my brain waves over a period of time and I go to sleep with it on. And if I if I have a panic attack or anything like that, all the data is recorded right there on my tablet. I'm basically providing my own sleep studies uh, for my doctor at that point. So, That's pretty fascinating. Now, are you able to take the data that you get from that and develop something through your music that will change your brain waves into positive frequencies or I can definitely from that map out which brain waves are more active okay over, over periods of time I can definitely from that with the with the active graphing that I have uh see the duration of each brain wave that takes place um of course, when when it comes to control, uh, that's that that's like being Ram Das or <laughs> or like the Dalai Lama, you know. Like, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna peak my beta waves for you real quick. Watch the <laughs> monitor. Um, and there, and there are people that like uh, one of one of my favorites is um, Superhuman. There was there was a show that came out many years ago. Um, I'm a big Marvel comics freak and it was it was a show called Superhuman where this guy went out and interviewed people that had what would seem like otherworldly powers. Okay. Like, there was there was one guy who was a samurai in Japan that and you I'm sure you've seen airsoft pistols, airsoft guns, things like that. Yeah. Um this gentleman was able to cut an airsoft pellet in half from a from a from a sheathed position with his sword with one stroke when the when the pellet was fired at him so uh that is the extreme focus that he had he was able to see a projectile coming at the size of a pea smaller than a pea coming at him at 1500 feet per second and able to cut it in half um things like that <laughs> and yeah they they had one gentleman on who was able to control brain waves who was able to do that kind of stuff and would live uh go into a state uh and i want to say it may have been deepak chopra that came on and did it where um they observed the mind of a normal person meditating for five minutes. Okay. And then they observed the mind of an adept meditator like him for five minutes. And they brought in Deepak Chopra and it was like, Hey, uh, he was like, okay, I'm going to start meditating now. And he put his hands on the table and you saw his face relax and the brain waves just dipped. Like, so, those, <laughs> it was like, okay. wow. But those, do those waves, those, they, they make sound, right? 
Well, they don't necessarily, I mean, they are sound in and of themselves. So yes, uh, because their frequency ranges, um, much like color is a frequency range as well. Like there okay. is a tone to the color blue. Okay. Because, okay. Because blue is measured in Hertz. Same thing as sound waves. Okay. So the same principle applies. What you're looking at is still part of the infrared or electromagnetic spectrum. What you're hearing is part of the electromagnetic spectrum. What's generated by your brain is also part of the same electromagnetic spectrum. So the principle is the fact that, yes, um, if you can expose your brain to specific frequencies, that it will be able to reproduce them more readily. Okay, so that now, brings me to the ahead. question of this. Because then I want to get into like subliminal. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I have to understand the difference before we can go there into... Okay, so what then is binary or binaural beats? Yeah. How does okay. that how does that then translate? Binaural beat. Um, like I said earlier, especially once you start getting into these brainwave frequencies, um, you're you're really looking at frequencies that are below the range of typical human hearing. Not not things that we would ordinarily hear. If you did hear it, it would be something along the lines of just a steady click. Okay, so could a dog hear it? A dog would be able to hear some of these, yes. Okay. Some okay. of them, uh, and they're just, they're subharmonic frequencies. Uh, frequencies that you could, much like that of a cat's purr, um, which, okay. which ranges right up around that of the Earth's frequency, close to eight hertz. Um, and you can't necessarily, like, you can hear it coming through their mouth and their nasal cavity, but you can feel it more than you can hear it. That's interesting. Because okay. of the resonance of the frequency itself. Okay. So basically what happens is, like I said, you're trying to get your brain to key into these frequencies. So the, the concept is that you're going to give your right ear the frequency and then your left ear never at the same time all right all right so it'll basically be let's say um like here's a here's a groovy little chart that i have printed out i should have had it on screen for you but right here like these are your chakras there's the hertz frequencies of your chakras so 963 hertz if you wanted to let's say meditate on the crown chakra you would have 963 hertz pulse in your right ear, then pulse in your left and back and forth. And it creates almost a wobbling effect where it's like a going between your ears. And what you're doing is pretty much stimulating your left lobe and your right lobe. I get it. E equally with the same frequency. So, and then to take it even further, the glasses that I had, that I was talking about earlier would do the same thing in opposite with LEDs. So whenever the pulse would appear in the left ear, it would visually appear on the right eye. Okay. And so, so does that, is that kind of a right brain, left brain thing also? Yep. 
it is. Yeah, okay. that way, that way, it doesn't matter which side of the brain you are dominated by. You are training both lobes of the brain to equally recognize and generate this pattern. Interesting. So it doesn't matter at that point if you're a left brain or right brain dominant person, if you're a creative person or a mathematic person. It doesn't matter at all at that point because you are equally exciting both lobes of the brain visually and auditory wise. And, and, Boy, that's because, fascinating. and because one side is getting it visually, the other side is getting it auditorially, you're doing that simultaneously with both lobes. So yeah, it's, it's wild. You're, you're actively entraining your brain from different segments of the lobes of your brain at the same time. So, um, and, and I mean, you can, you can rabbit hole that into eternity, literally with like frame rates on TVs and what they used to do in movies, which actively became illegal at one point. Um, when, when FTC found out that it was happening, stuff like that back in the 60s, 50s. Um, yeah, like in, in the middle of those old, like, let's all go to the lobby things, stuff like that, that you would see before movies, they would literally flash up like one frame out of 30 that said like drink Coke. Oh, interesting. That kind of stuff. Because your brain isn't going to see one frame out of 30. It might, but it probably wouldn't be able to interpret that because it's one frame out of 30. So, and you're going to have to see 30 frames in one second in order to see one second of moving video. So to flash that image, one frame out of 30 exposes your brain and might, might trigger it to go purchase. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting the, the, the ways in which you can manipulate the brain for years. Um, I, I will say I didn't nefariously use these carrier signals, but I definitely used them musically to move people. So I would find frequencies that specifically um, made people feel uncomfortable. Okay. Made people feel scared. Things like that. And subliminally bury them behind music that I was thematically making. Uh -huh. that, that had that same vibe or feeling to it. So yeah, people would listen to it and go like, oh man, that just, that just creeped me out inside. I don't know why. And I'd be like, good mission accomplished. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> that was my intent was to make you feel creeped out inside. So yeah. Um, one of, one of my favorite movies in the world, uh, oddly enough is William Peter Blatty's the exorcist. And that movie is rife with subliminal imagery as well as subliminal audio. Um, a lot of the, the audio engineering and the audio design, the sound design that was done for the demon itself when it possessed Reagan, uh, the guttural sounds that were coming out of her were actively the sounds of pigs and sheep being slaughtered played in reverse. Um, oh, interesting. A lot, a lot of the sounds that were happening during moments of tension in the background that were uh -huh. just sound like noise are the sounds of hornets and wasps and jars being shook up. 
and then played in reverse. So things that your brain would naturally be afraid of, um, things that you have this preternatural fear of to begin with, they were using as audio source to literally make you scared and make you feel uncomfortable during those moments. Um, and being able to kind of, like I said, hijack people's brain and use it like that is, is a very powerful tool for a musician. Um, and really it one sure that you is. have to use responsibly. <laughs> I mean, like, like, you know, you just wonder like, who thinks of these things? It, like, where do you come up with, okay, if I acquire this sound, it's going to have this effect. Or if I do yeah. this, yeah. this is what could be the outcome of this. I mean, um, yeah, it, it really is, uh, like I said, a lot of it is, is um, deep dive research, finding, mm -hmm. finding people that have done research into brainwave frequencies, stuff like that, different frequency ranges that affect people and affect people. Right. So, yeah. And it's been, it's been really, it's, it's been a fun journey um, from the point of creation back in the days of 90.1 um to now it it took over 20 years for me to get to the point of actively having distribution for my music so, so yeah if you're and, an artist out there people i'm here to tell you just keep making your art keep doing it that's right uh, that was that was quite literally i guess my own hang up mentally um of not really not really thinking that a lot of people would like what i was doing like what I was doing was cool and I appreciated it. And there were some people that appreciated it, but most people wouldn't. Um, and then other people started hearing it and they were like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And I was like, oh, well, well maybe I should put it out. Um, <laughs> and well, and maybe you were just a little ahead of your game. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it really was one of those right now with just music and technology and everything going the way it is. It's like, it is, a perfect time to be launching music like this. So. Yeah, I mean, you are have done some things that are just incredible, and sometimes, thank you. Um, those composers just have gotten so far ahead. Sometimes, and the good thing about that is it has allowed you to be able to create several. Um, different compilations and be able yeah. to have that readily available now you have several albums that you can that are ready yeah yeah i've got a you know i mean as soon as i got distribution i asked uh college of hip-hop knowledge is who i'm distributed through here locally uh, and i was their first actual artist that was not hip-hop oriented um, I had interviewed them a few times on my talking sound podcast, things like that. We'd become close, fast friends. And I saw that they were reaching out into the community looking for artists other than hip hop. Like, hey, we're looking to grow our label. And I was like, well, I don't know if you'd be interested or not, but I, I, I've been making music for a hot minute or two. Like, see if you like anything. And I sent them some stuff that I'd recently composed. And they're like, dude, this is cool. Like, this is straight video game type music. Of course, we'd like to release this. Um, so I became their first non-hip-hop artist. And it's been a great relationship. It's been fantastic. They 
immediately got me onto every platform out there for music, Amazon, Alexa, all of it. So um, it's been a great ride over the last almost year, I guess this upcoming May will be when I've released my first album with them. That was Interstellar Love Child. Uh, this is exciting. So let's talk about your different albums. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, got quite a few out there. Like I said, um, the most recent one is Prorad Somnum. That's the one that is available exclusively right now on no, nodisassemble.com. Um, just got the promo package for it the other day from Orchard from Sony. So um, we have official release date. I want to say March 9th is our official release date for that, where it will be out and available on all platforms. But that is the first really official um, stake of claim in the world of brainwave music for me. Uh, Interstellar Love Child had a track on it that used brainwave frequencies, but used them in a different way. It wasn't to influence the music. It was to actively create the music, um, which is a little bit different. Uh, and whereas Prayer Ad Somnum was made in order to calm down people like me who have ADHD brains and cannot just calm down and shut down at night, as well as, you know, overactive children, that kind of stuff. Um, it was really made to soothe them to sleep, to help people like me calm down, relax. Um, this track uh, that I put out with Interstellar Love Child, uh, Wondering Thoughts, was a little bit different. That one, I actively used my brainwave headband connected to an app to drive my synthesizers. So... Um, that was that was the first in many experimentations that are still going on in composing using only my brain waves. Um, no hands allowed in in operating the synthesizer. So basically, I would find a sound that I liked um, and then hit record. My brainwave headband that I had that I showed you a while ago would, um, anytime the brain waves that I told the headband to drive that with hit, um, okay. it would key whatever section of the keyboard I told it to hit. So I would say like beta, you're going to take this octave of the keyboard alpha, you're going to take this octave. Um, and yeah, as I sat and relaxed and my brain waves would peak and move around, a track would be created from my synthesizer uh, for the second track, I would take the first track, listen to it and put it through a visualization software and then hit record. So the second track is a sum of what my brain was thinking about while watching and listening to the first track. That's incredible. So uh, the music is literally a representation of my brain feeding back on itself from what it just created. Uh, and it, it's some some pretty wild stuff. Uh, here, I'll give you a little sample of wandering thoughts. Wow. 
You can hear where each sound is an individual track on the recording. Yes. Each one being triggered by my brain. This is so incredible. You don't think that the, even something like this is possible. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, super exciting for nerds like me um, who, A, love their technology. Like, I love technology. I really do. Um, and B, to be able to do stuff like that and, like, start driving my synthesizers with my brainwaves. Um, that is of incredible. Course, most, most people ask me like, oh, you know, well, can you control it? It's like, I am not the Dalai Lama. No, um, <laughs> I, can, I cannot specifically control my individual brain waves to say like, all right, let's hit a C sharp. Right. Um, but even, even to hear the process of how the brain is processing things, uh, through that means and through that medium is is really interesting to me. And I've I've got, I mean, hence a lot of the reason why I belonged on avant-garde shows uh, for a long time. That was the kind of, I always told people I bought all these synthesizers behind me because they made the sounds that I heard in my brain. And and even if it was like running through the synthesizer and I find one pre-made patch that's like, ooh, I've heard that in there before. I will buy the synthesizer. I straight think it's really neat. Off, off one sound. Um, so for the music palette-wise that I created for years as an avant-garde musician, um, for it to sound almost like what I just played you to begin with was pretty interesting to me. Um, to be like, wow, I always said I bought my things because of the music I heard in my head. And that's what the music sounds like in my head. Um, so it was, it was really strange for me, uh, very surreal and been a very fun experiment to be playing with in the studio for sure. Uh, that, and then of course the, the visual realm that I'm playing with now, all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, it's been this is really neat. super fun as an artist. This is really neat. I can't wait to see how your release is and, uh, how many others are going to emulate what you mm. yes yeah yeah and, uh -huh. and you know i'm i'm not the only one out there 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 are tons of people out there making binaural beat music making brainwave music um i know that there's a couple artists out there that have done things similar to what i just played you um driving things with their brainwaves that kind of stuff so i don't stand alone um, but I definitely stand with a different crowd. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I'm not I your think average there's gonna be, musician. But you you are on the on the edge of something that has been in development for a long time. Uh, that I think is going to be making a huge yeah. difference. So um well it's 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 really interesting because yeah, right now, uh, like I was saying a minute ago, there is there is this melding of technology and this almost hyper awareness of people um 
that are coming back to this understanding of biofeedback. Yes. That are coming back to the understanding that we can learn more about our bodies and control our bodies even um, in uh, given certain circumstances and environments. So, yeah, it's, I mean, for, for therapists to start using this stuff um, is absolutely amazing. It's amazing. It's really crawled out of kind of the closet of hearsay where where people were like yeah i've heard about that you know okay that that's like those color therapy lights that they sold like back in the 1920s in the sears catalog you know uh pseudoscience stuff like that um, this is this is really, really being shown more and more that it is not a pseudoscience it is an actual thing um there are binaural beat apps that you can buy out the wazoo um, there is so yeah it's it's out there um it's it's a great and powerful technology that you can actively leverage to help can help control yourself and help bring yourself into new realms of understanding this is Fantastic. really exciting and for those that are listening and watching that would like to be part of what you've got going on how can they get in contact with you well they can always um all the albums are available right there on NoDisassemble.com. Um, and any of the music is available right there. We will be uh, soon coming out with a Chakra album, um, as well as an accompanying app for that, incorporating video. We've been doing the, uh, you can always find No Disassemble on Facebook. Every Monday, we've got the Monday meditation hour going on. So, um actively bringing this to the people and just kind of doing a, a Monday morning meditation where it's frequency music going on, kid friendly, all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, no disassemble.com, hcuniversalnetwork.com. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything that you're doing with your music, your composing, Absolutely. And I really want the listeners to get a chance to get in contact with you and learn a little bit more. So sure. um, this is going to be really exciting. I can't wait. You, we, there's March is right around the corner. So uh, you've it got, um, you don't have that much longer. It's about um, probably about six weeks before you launch, maybe a little yeah. less now. Yeah. Yeah, we're actively getting into promo mode right now. You are the second podcast that we have been on to talk about the new work, um, the new brainwave music, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, this is trying, exciting. To, trying to get word out there and just now hitting the promo trail for stuff. So, well, I am delighted to have you on and we're going to have our um, we're going to have our audience share this. So thank you so much for being on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to another episode of Rebecca Sounds Revelry. We ask that you share this episode with your friends, your family, everybody that you know on social media, and everybody that you don't. Thanks for tuning in.